How do we hear God speak to us with all of the noise that surrounds us? That's been the fundamental question that we've been exploring the sermon series over the past four weeks. Uh, we've talked about how we are constantly bombarded with uh, all different kinds of noise. We have radios and phones and TVs and computers and video games and, and car stereos and cable news and social media and podcasts, commercials and advertisements. We have kids, we have sports, we have activities, we have white noise during the night and alarm clocks in the morning. We have restaurants and bars and on and on noise. And then there's the internal noise, right? Which is sometimes even louder than the external noise. The, the noise that demands production or perfection or productivity. The noise of our inner critic. The noise of judgment. The noise convincing us that we need more stuff. The noise of comparison. Noise. And the strength thing is we fluctuate between craving noise and then being completely overwhelmed by it. But the truth is we worship a speaking God. We worship a God who speaks, a God who, who desires to speak to us, and a God who desires that we listen and that we hear. Because speaking and listening is a part of what it means to be in close relationship with someone, and God wants to be in close relationship with each and every one of us. And so over the course of the sermon series, the hope was to talk about some of the ways that God speaks to us so that we might tune the ears of our hearts to better listen, so that we might cultivate a deeper intimacy with God and hear with joy what God has to say to us. And so we've talked about how God speaks to us in and through the silence. We've talked about how God speaks to us uh, through patient prayer we talked about how God speaks to us through the scripture, and today we conclude our sermon series with how God speaks to us through other people. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is a long one. Typically, don't read a whole chapter, but this is one of the best stories and narratives in, in all of scripture, and so we're going to read it in its entirety. Um, listen for a particular focus for the ways in which God speaks through people in this story. There was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion in the Italian company. He and his whole household were pious Gentile God worshipers. He gave generously to those in need among the Jewish people and prayed to God constantly. One day at nearly three o'clock in the afternoon, he clearly saw an angel from God in a vision. The angel came to him and said, Cornelius. Startled, he stared at the angel and replied, What is it, Lord? The angel said, Your prayers and your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to God. Send messengers to Joppa at once and summon a certain Simon, the one known as Peter. He is a guest of Simon the Tanner, whose house is near the seacoast. When the angel who was speaking to him had gone, Cornelius summoned two of his household servants, along with a pious soldier from his personal staff. He explained everything to them and then sent them to Joppa. At noon on the following day, as their journey brought them close to the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat. While others were preparing the meal, he had a visionary experience. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large linen sheet being lowered to the earth by its four corners. 
Inside the sheet were all kinds of four-legged animals, reptiles and wild birds. A voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter exclaimed, absolutely not, Lord. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke a second time, never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times, then the object was suddenly pulled back into heaven. Peter was bewildered about the meaning of the vision. Just then, the messengers sent by Cornelius discovered the whereabouts of Simon's house and arrived at the gate. Calling out, they inquired whether the Simon known as Peter was a guest there. While Peter was brooding over the vision, the spirit interrupted him. Look, the three people are looking for you. Go downstairs. Don't ask questions. Just go with them because I have sent them. So Peter went downstairs and told them, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? They replied, we've come on behalf of Cornelius, a centurion and righteous man, a God worshiper who is well respected by all Jewish people. A holy angel directed him to summon you to his house and to hear what you have to say. Peter invited them into the house as his guests. The next day he got up and went with them together with some of the believers from Joppa. They arrived at Caesarea the following day. Anticipating their arrival, Cornelius had gathered his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in order to honor him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Get up, I'm like you, I'm just a human. As they continued to talk, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You all realize that it is forbidden for a Jew to associate or visit with outsiders. However, God has shown me that I should never call a person impure or unclean. For this reason, when you sent for me, I came without objection. I want to know then why you sent for me. Cornelius answered, Four days ago at this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, I was praying at home. Suddenly a man in radiant clothing stood before me. He said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers, and your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to him. Therefore, send someone to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, located near the seacoast. I sent for you right away, and you were kind enough to come. Now here we are, gathered in the presence of God, to listen to everything the Lord has directed you to say. Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. This is the message of peace he sent to the Israelites by proclaiming the good news through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism John preached. You know about Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and endowed with power. Jesus traveled around doing good and healing everyone oppressed by the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did, both in Judea and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to be seen. Not by everyone, but by us. We are witnesses whom God chose beforehand who ate and drank with him after God raised him from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. They heard them speaking in other languages and praising God. Peter asked, These people have received the Spirit just as we have. Surely no one can stop them from being baptized with water, can they? He directed that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited Peter to stay for several days. This is the word of God for us, people of God. Thanks be to God. A revolutionary word. A revolutionary word. 
is almost not dramatic enough to describe, to describe what happens in Acts chapter 10, in this incredible story from Acts, to describe the way that God speaks. God speaks through people and entire new worlds open up. Now to set the stage for this encounter between Peter and Cornelius, between a Jew and a Gentile, we need to understand what Jewish people believed at the time and how they lived in relationship with non-Jews or Gentiles. Jewish law prohibited a Jew from eating certain foods that were deemed unclean foods that non-Jews ate. It wasn't just that Jews weren't allowed to eat pork or shrimp. There was a whole range of meat which they were forbidden to eat. Leviticus 11 is where you go in the Old Testament for that. Um, It has laws against eating all kinds of things, ranging from badgers and camels to vultures and bats to lizards and other reptiles and to pork and shrimp and, and lobster. And this, is hard, this can be hard for us to understand now in our context. But these God-given laws then serve to mark out the Jewish people from their non-Jewish neighbors. And this was reinforced by the, by the tradition of, not, of Jews not eating with non-Jews and not sharing table fellowship. And for them, the reason was pretty clear. For them, eating was incorporation. Not just fuel for your body. Eating was incorporation. In other words, to eat was to become one with what you ate and who you were eating with, your table companions. In other words, the people that you sit down with to eat are family, but the Jewish family was called out by God to be separate and distinct in order to bear witness to the unique God of Israel, the creator God, and God's special love for the world. So the food and fellowship laws maintained the kind of God-given boundary wall between Jews and Gentiles. It was biblical. It was biblical. So then you can start to imagine, right, Peter's utter bewilderment and anxiety when he hears from God in a vision, which, by the way, is another way God speaks to us. We couldn't get to all of them in the sermon series. Uh, When he hears from God in this vision, He sees lowered on a sheet all of this wide array of animals, including many that were unclean. And then God says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Whoa, but God, whoa, 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 God, you you said in the Bible not to kill and eat these animals. Never, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And the voice said again, don't call anything that God made unclean. God has spoken to Peter, but Peter doesn't get it yet. He doesn't hear what God is saying to him exactly yet. Doesn't understand fully what God is trying to tell him. And that's when God speaks through another person. That's when God speaks through another person. Enter Cornelius into the picture, a Roman commander of soldiers whom Luke describes as a Gentile God worshiper. In other words, someone we might consider a seeker, right? He's... He's a Gentile, he's a non-Jew, but he's knocking at the door of of the Jewish people wanting in to God's family. And he also hears from God in a vision, and he's told to go find Simon Peter and to summon him to come to his house. And so when Peter arrives at Cornelius' house, their exchange and their interaction is the stage on which God dares to speak a fresh word 
to each of them through the other. The stage on which God dares to speak a fresh word to each of them through the other. First, God speaks to Peter through Cornelius. It is only after Peter arrives, only after Cornelius shares his story and his vision of hearing from God and summoning Peter there to listen to him, that Peter gets it, that Peter hears God speak fully, gets what God's trying to reveal to him. It is because of God speaking and enacting something new through Cornelius that Peter is then able to say, oh, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Now I know that God's vision of family is so much bigger than I've always thought, than, 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 I've, than we've always practiced as Jewish people. God has spoken a new word to Peter through Cornelius that opens up the circle of God's love wider. God has broken through the noise of the echo chamber in Peter's mind and proclaimed a bigger gospel to him through Cornelius. Cornelius reveals to Peter, or God reveals to Peter through Cornelius, God's divine hand reaching in to the Gentile people to pull them in. So all of a sudden, here's Peter, who has heard one thing from God's law his entire life. Hearing a different word from God performed in the body and through the words of the most unlikely of people. A Roman soldier. And a whole new world opens up to Peter. God speaks through other people. And then God speaks through Peter to and for Cornelius. Amidst the noise this Roman centurion had heard his whole life, standing on the outside of the door of God's people, Israel, and knocking desperately, he hears the good news about Jesus Christ. Through Peter, God tells Cornelius, Jesus is Lord of all. He was anointed by God and filled with the Spirit. He did good and healed everyone. He was crucified on a cross, but God raised him on the third day. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. For the first time, Cornelius hears God say to him that he is a part of that all, that everyone, because of Jesus. And a whole new world opens up to Cornelius. God speaks through other people. Have you ever had a Peter or Cornelius moment? Has there ever been a time when you heard God speak to you through someone else? Maybe it was a word of deep encouragement when you were down. Maybe it was a word of hope when you desperately needed it. Maybe it was just some incredibly wise and, and compassionate guidance or advice in a season of uncertainty. Maybe it was a prophetic word or a hard truth words of accountability that helped you realize something and grow. Maybe it was a challenge to your presuppositions. Maybe it was just the simple but inexhaustible good news that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. God speaks through other people. When I was a freshman at Duke operating under the shallow false presupposition that I had arrived as a Jesus follower, amidst all the noise of freshman year of college, I heard God speak through a senior who asked me a simple question. Is Jesus your treasure? 
When Lauren and I experienced back-to-back miscarriages eight years ago, and it was hard to hear God speak amidst the noise of our shock and our grief and our confusion, we heard God speak through friends who said, I can't imagine what you're going through, but we're going to journey with you. You aren't alone. When I began the process of planting church campus some six years ago, full of impatient exuberance and nervous energy amidst all the noise of trying to do all the right things to get people to, to come and to show up, I heard God speak through a mentor who said, never let your public passion for ministry exceed your private devotion to God. When I was in divinity school and worshipped and studied with gifted and passionate LGBTQ followers of Jesus for the first time, amidst all the noise of what I had thought or believed up until that point, I heard God speak to me through them. They're not incompatible. You better draw your circle wider. God speaks through other people. Friends, we need to be open to the truth that God speaks to us in this way. Whether we're Peter and, and, and God speaks through a Cornelius, or whether we're Cornelius and God speaks through a Peter, this is God's MO. God has a history of doing this, of speaking to God's people through God's people. That happens way more often in Scripture than burning bushes or thunder and lightning and fire from heaven. Whether it's God speaking through Moses' words of of liberation and the law, whether it's God speaking through the prophets' words of justice and challenge, whether it's God speaking through the Word made flesh, Jesus, words of salvation and love, whether it's God speaking through Mary, words of resurrection, hope, whether it's Cornelius and Peter speaking a word to each other, God speaks through God's image bearers. And often God speaks through people we might not expect. Might we then need to prepare ourselves? Might we need to prepare ourselves to to listen? For God to speak in and through others we somehow don't imagine as being involved with God or, or our lives, but those people that God has sent before us. Peter and Cornelius were unexpected God conversation partners. And yet both spoke a word from God that the other desperately needed to hear. Friends, sometimes the loudest noise around us is the noise of what we think we already know. It's the loudness of our own presuppositions, our blind spots even when it comes to God. We're not tuned into something new that God might want to tell us because maybe we don't want to hear it. Or the ears of our hearts are not tuned to the right places. It's really noisy inside of echo chambers. And God knows there's a lot of echo chambers out there right now. We need to have our ears open for God to speak to us through a Cornelius. Sometimes, amidst the noise of what we think we already know, inside the loudness of our own echo chambers, God breaks through with a word spoken or enacted through a person we least expect. Will we have ears to hear? Or maybe we're so used to hearing the good news about Jesus Christ hijacked, repackaged, marketed with other things that it becomes hard to hear. It sounds like just like all the other noise in our lives. Maybe we feel like for whatever reason, we're having a hard time hearing the good news. For whatever reason, it's like we're we're seeking and, and knocking 
on the door, trying to, to get in, just to experience and hear once more the reassurance of God's unconditional love, being claimed by God. Maybe we need to have the ears of our hearts open for someone like Peter. For God speaking through a Peter, a word spoken or enacted through a person that simply preaches to us the good news of Jesus. Once again, God's limitless love. Will we have ears to hear? I hope so. I hope so, because God loves us and wants us to hear and receive with joy what God has to say. Whether it's through silence, whether it's through patient prayer, whether it's through scripture, yes, even another person. Maybe even someone you don't expect. Speak through the noise, Lord. Speak through the noise. We are listening.